the biggest name in the podcast game, Ken and Mila are the unacceptable podcast. Okay. Yo, are we on? We are on. Check it, check it, check it, check it. Okay, From the east side to the west side, dropping straight discourse all night. Ken. You know how it is, Ken and Mila, the best names in the podcast game. Going to the top just to come back down, just oh, to fill your disgusting. streets with gold and cops. Not no, your just kidding, drink. cops are bad. Nobody likes them, but I love my dad. Okay. All right, let's start. Um, thanks for the... A Tinder hookup just t- texted me. Okay. Oh, yeah, are you going to talk no, about No, I'm that? like, fuck. <laughs> I, haven't, uh, I haven't looked at Tinder for, like, years, so I, I haven't heard well, yeah, of it. Yeah, we all know how the supply and demand of the sexual politics goes. And Tinder, there's more men than women, right? And just generally with men and women. Okay, yeah. Well, because there's that one app where only women can ask you out. Yeah. Um, a, a, a perversion of nature. No, just Yeah, kidding. it is. No. <laughs> well, why should, why should we do the work? You know that, like, hashtag do the work. Uh, wait, so why like, should women like, do the like work? It's like, men, you do the work. Because of sexual harassment Emotional and stuff. labor. But, like, it's more, I thought it was more like, you know, because, mm-hmm. like, nobody wants to get me too. Yeah, that's true. But, I, like, I would just never, like, nothing would happen for me because I hate initiating. <laughs> oh, my, my spurned, or the love interest who spurned me texted me and I didn't reply. So I feel like that's a huge coup for me. Who's, what has spurned me? Like, rejected me. Oh. So, we should have talked about this off, but, you know, we'll just play with it while we're on. No, it's create some intrigue. Yeah. So, there's a lot happening this week. Um, we... I'm going to turn the gain up on the uh, interface. Turn some gain we're pretty lo-fi up. here. Low-fi. Oh, the waveforms are looking... Oh, no, fuck, now they that's look too fuck. much. Turn it down. Looking like a Rick Rubin production. All right, that's good. Just the slightest hint of clipping. All right, yeah. there we go. So, this week there's been some sort of, like... I, I don't even... I'm not... No one, like, me too... Is it me tooing now if you just, like, call someone out? Or is it, like, you have to say me too? You know, uh, like, I'm, I'm never sure. I don't know. Um, but there's two things. So one of... Should we address the elephant in the room first? What? So Ryan Garib, my one of my favorite people, I think he would greatly enrich the discourse. He would be something of a gulf between us, I think. Um, the centrist. Big Joe Rogan the J-Rag fan. video. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, get him on the pod one day. He's an incredible mind. Honestly, my favorite biologist. Um, highly educated, highly erudite. You like him better than Brett Weinstein. It's as a, a tie. biologist. It's a tie. Okay. It's okay. A tie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if people listening actually know who I am. I'm like a Joe Rogan, uh, Weinstein kind of guy. Well, they know. You've said they know? it okay, good, good. times. Um, I have a constant crisis of uh, authenticity. Yeah. Um, my favorite biologists are Ryan and Richard Dawkins, actually. Um, oh, yes. Uh, uh, I didn't even doc, know there was another one. The Doxter. I didn't know that. The Ryan no. Dawkins? It sounds like a joke. It sounds like a bit. No, I said Ryan and Richard oh, Ryan Dawkins and, oh, are okay. my favorite biologists. I thought Richard, it was like his little brother. Richard Dawkins, you have to love him for his tweets. Damn. <laughs> yeah, he's he's out there. Um, yeah, so there's been some, some celeb controversies. One of them is Joey Diaz, which, I mean... I, okay, I, I tried to bring that up earlier, and I guess you hadn't seen the clip yet. No, yeah. And you I, were like, he's fine, I'm I like... Still, no, I mean, I still love him. I think he's hilarious, he's but, that, well, but I think he's... No, I think... Okay, you can think... Tar Joe's name. You think that's... Can you sit back? It would, it would okay. calm me down. Oh. 
Because <laughs> like we're like. I just feel like I don't talk as loud as you. Yeah, we'll move the. We'll center you. You're you're you press too hard. My booming patriarchal pronouncements. Uh, Joey Diaz. Yeah. Um, he, I, okay. Yeah, I saw the Reddit thread. So we need to like recap this. So Joey Diaz was saying that he takes sexual favors from, or he like asks women for sexual favors in order to give them like stage time and stuff like that. Um, I mean, we've never thought that Joey Diaz was a saint. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just found him funny. I just like to watch like these like disgruntled like fat men just go insane sometimes like Alex Jones or like Joey Diaz like it's just it's just a it's always been a cultural source of humor you know has it yeah like I remember Joey Diaz going like blue cheese with wings and go fuck your mother and everyone would be like that's so funny I didn't find that funny I knew I sensed it <laughs> you're like I sense I'm gonna play the woke one. I honestly he scared me in that clip? No, in everything. Like, this is oh, like when really? I was 18, I didn't know a lot about it. Yeah. I was like, I bet you solicit sexual favors for stage time with the mics. <laughs> like, I've been new. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's sad to find out because, like, I, I remember, like, finding him really funny when I was, like, 14, 15, or some, like, some really young age. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that came. Is that a, was that a new clip or was that an old clip that resurfaced? I don't know. Look, oh, it's so old. It was like Joe oh, in like okay. early days. You can tell by looking. Was Joe like? Joe was laughing. Oh no! And then people, I don't, I don't give a fuck if people laugh at it. It's yeah. Like laughing at something is not an action. Well, Joe's never been like one to intervene on anyone. To well, he has honest. Alex Jones on and laughs, yeah. which I don't understand. Oh, but I understand that. I don't. Like, what? What, what is the That's point of this? That's just funny to me. Um, but he's... But there's, like, such a duplicitness. How do you look someone in the eye and then use them for, like, laughs? For lols? Then... I feel like a lot of Joe's stuff is like that, though. Like Not who? just for laughs, but, like, he'll have people who are provocative, who he might not agree with. But That's so different. I don't know. You look I, someone in the eye and you hear what they're saying and you say, I totally disagree. It's totally different than looking someone in the eye and laughing in their face. It's so different. I, yeah, I guess. I just think, like, his whole... Like, the reason why he's so popular is he just will let anyone say what they want to say. And that would include comics making jokes that he might not... Yeah, but I, like, I've never had a friend that I disdained. Like, What? Yeah. What do you mean disdained? Like, like he doesn't take him seriously. Joey? Uh, Alex. Oh, he doesn't take Alex seriously. Yeah, I don't mean to I mean, virtue signal here. I just are they are they friends? I don't think. Well, that's friends. the thing. He'll be friendly with him and then be totally dismissive of like everything he says. Which right. Is like, how 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 do you look someone in the eye? You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like I've been like that with acquaintances. Maybe they're just acquaintances. Yeah, he's definitely more extroverted and he just says a wide circle and then he'll call them when it comes up my friend uh my good friend yeah yeah yeah, exactly um so i mean yeah i think something uh that was funny though is he did reject some people from his show like apparently a bunch of uh people who were running for president asked him to come on (laughs) and he only accepted bernie and tulsi and didn't he and yang yeah andrew that oh man that boosted yeah. yeah. I was like asleep and it auto played, and I was like, oh, fuck. I keep wanting to ask him to come on the pod, and I get shy. I, I emailed him. And Joe or Andrew? Andrew, oh, Andrew yeah. yeah. Joe would never come on our pod. He, he doesn't like, like doing other people's things, I feel. Yeah, exactly. What a We'd have to like make it to his pod. Should, should, should we set up? Should I challenge him to a fight? Should I call him <laughs> on Twitter? 
The unacceptable JRE charity fight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, today I was I was ready. Today I was ready to fight a and it was like over nothing. It was it was really funny. Yeah, so I went to the gym and I had a really good workout and it was longer than usual and I was getting pumped up. And then I finished my workout and I go to grab my hoodie, which had my car keys in it, and then I couldn't find it. And I searched all the cubbies and I was like, oh no, someone stole it. Mm. And then I went out and I was asking the people who worked there, I'm like, get the security camera or whatever. And I was so mad. Really? Yeah. I just would have accepted it meekly, been like, oh, the car's gone. I was like, whoever took my car, like, I am going to fight them. Like, I was so ready. Damn. Which is so funny because everyone at my gym is, like, twice my size. Yeah. I'm literally, like, a garden gnome. It's and a good principle sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I just, I was just pissed. And then they just called me being like, oh, we found your stuff. It was just in the cubby. You were too short to reach. <laughs> um, Are you embarrassed or you just, like... I was like, oh. Stay angry. Yeah. That's so, fucking unacceptable. How dare someone put my stuff... Do you think someone was trying to flirt with you? In a heart. <laughs> like, oh, it looks like someone will have to lift you up. <laughs> <laughs> it's my upper body is it's, insanely well-developed. It's Krista Elia. Elia. Delia. How are you today? Who's your favorite pedophile, Mila? Oh, my God. That's a tough one. I wonder what kind of... Who? I bet, I, you, I bet you Augustine had sex with some 14 Oh, probably. Girls. I'm just, like, blanking now on who actually is a pedophile. so hard to keep track these days. Uh, you see, I'm... Pedo bear is the best. <laughs> the most wholesome pedophile. What's pedo bear? Um, where does it come from? How do you... Know? You remember what pedo bear where? is? No. Where, where's oh pedo bear Oh, my God. From? You're making me feel too online. Is this from that evil 4chan place? Yeah. No, I'm just pretending. Isn't I know what pedo bear okay, is. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, that, those. I remember when I was in grade nine and we took um, a group photo, and it was like such an LG photo, and some guy in grade ten photoshopped pedo bear in the photo. That's kind of. And reposted it, and I thought that was where? so weird on Facebook. <laughs> Why would he do that? Pedo bear, remember that? Um, but anyway, yeah. So so there was that thing with Joey Diaz. Um, and it's funny because we were just talking to Adam last week about, like, liking things that are produced by bad people and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And oh, fuck. Should I even say that doing something terrible doesn't make you, like, on the sum a bad person? Sure, like, if you're yeah. doing If you're doing, like, like, moral math... Then you're not an Aristotelian, I'm guessing. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Explain for the folks at Explain home. Explain for the folks at home. <laughs> well, basically, like, Aristotelian slash, like, Aquinas virtue theory is, like, your, your, whether or not you're ethical depends on the acts that you do. Mm-hmm. And you, like, the habits that you cultivate are what make you either, like, ethical or unethical. Yeah, but I but... kind of oppose assigning ethical, like saying this is a good person or a bad person. I'd rather just judge it act by act, unless someone's like habitually doing something bad. So then maybe I do kind of buy into the Aristotelian if it's habitual. It depends yeah, if it's what habitual. What if you only hit once? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know though. I still feel like that's bad. Like if you're bad enough to like do a pedophilia once. Do a pedophilia once. I'm curious what. How do you define pedophilia? Um, dude, wait, Like, so if Epstein did what he did just once, I still feel like you'd have to be Just set up an island once? No, like, the, f- the way flight? that it first started. <laughs> if you really donate, you can get in. It's never happening like, again. Like, if you just start it and you just do it once, hypothetically. Um, hypothetically, Hypothetically, though. though. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, this is what 
ethical theory papers are like they come up with these insane hypotheticals and then they go well would this make you a bad person um but i don't know depends on the context and everything i do think that like to be able to commit unambiguous pedophilia is worthy of being like you're morally bad totally though like what if your whole life you're so good and then you commit a pedophilia I just feel, I don't feel like it just comes out of nowhere. Like, you'd have to cultivate some sort of desire. Probably through, like, watching porn or something. I mean, when I've never committed a pedophilia. That's, I'm really glad to hear that. Absolutely. Just for the record, for the folks at home. But, um, when, like, when I was 16, I was really attracted to 14-year-olds, right? And I was like, oh, yeah. fuck, am I a pedophile? No, but the fact then, that, that what so, matters is whether you act on it, it right? Yeah. Like... Wait, wait, if you're 16 and you... Do something with a 14-year-old, is that a pedophilia? I don't... No, I don't think so. I think you could say, like, it might be weird, but... Yeah. You're both underage. What about 17 and 15? No, I think that's fine. I I dated a 19-year-old at 16. And, like, it was normal. Well... (laughs) (laughs) But what... So, turns out she's 17. Is that a little different than 16? I think it is. With Chris D'Elia. Yeah. Yeah. You just told me that, like... Yeah, yeah. I think... Okay, I think one consequence of, like, this era of sexual politics is that um, people kind of lump in every kind of, like, remote sexual wrong to be the same thing, whereas we should differentiate between, like pedophilia against like a like a 14 year old versus like a 17 year old like i do think there's a meaningful difference in your maturity levels for sure um i don't know enough about what happened with him to say like whether it's morally good i i mean it seems sketchy for sure it's not right yeah yeah i think like i will say that for the folks at home it's yeah like i think if you are older and you find yourself acting on this like desire for a 17 year old or you're really like you're feeling that desire deeply well there's not that much difference between like, a 17 year old and 18 year old yeah yeah and i think i mean i think if there's so like a huge di- i think really like if there's a huge difference in maturity that's where it's like weird you yeah, know predatory wasn't he playing a pedophile on a show with her now I'm spouting, like, this is some low-brow discourse. I'm, like, citing Reddit yeah, comments. Yeah, you gotta wait till I finish law school to, just in case you <laughs> slander someone on the pod. Um, yeah, but, I mean, Chris D'Elia, I mean, I think, I like, I enjoyed it. It's really funny, because I remember we were talking with um, our friend the other day, with Jordy, like, a few weeks Jordy ago. Jordy doesn't like Chris? Yeah, yeah. And we were, um, and, <laughs> I know. I remember, like, Jessica and I were like, he's so funny. He and is. Jo- he is. I'm a fan. And Jordy was like, I just don't find him funny. I can't explain why. I just don't. And and now we're like, hmm. Like, he no. knew. That was, like, you with Joey. You guys, like, had an <laughs> instinct. Um, well, no, because Joey's straight up, like, I've kidnapped people. Again, yeah, this is a Reddit comment. Oh, so really? So take everything I say with a... Yeah, Joey seems weird, for sure. Something's not right with him. Ryan, what do you think about Joe? <laughs> um, he looked at the camera. So, but yeah, is, oh fuck, is what Joey Diaz did worse than what Chris D'Elia did? I think so because I think if you're, I'm surprised to agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think okay. I think what what, what makes these kinds of predatory acts especially bad is when it's kind of like um, a power play sort mm-hmm. of thing. Like if you. Like, it's the same when professors do it, like, when they say, I'll advance your career if Mm -hmm. you do this, or worse, if they 
say that they'll damage your career if you don't uh, well, partake. I think that's worse than Joey because she could have gone to a different club. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know how you for years think that blowing people for no... I mean, no disrespect intended, but I don't... But maybe, like, she was, like... doesn't make sense Maybe she me. was, like, dealing with, like, financial hardships and, like, really just needed a gig. But open mics, you don't get paid. Oh, well, that was it an open mic? I have to ask Reddit. Ryan, can you look that up for <laughs> pull me? That, pull that shit up. Um, <laughs> Ryan, pull that shit up. Yeah, What I, are you looking at that's so important that you can't help the discourse? Can't, you can't engage. He's not partaking. He's just pulling shit up. Um... <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I this don't. Could be, sorry, this could be an interesting like theater exercise. Like me and you pretend there's someone else in the room, and then we like improvise on their, <laughs> on their like that's disgusting. How could you say that? He's an awful person. No, I mean, I, I guess to me, what doesn't matter, like it, it never matters to me what kind of person these public figures are inside. I kind of more worry about like, what consequences this these kinds of certain norms would have on mm-hmm. say um certain people in, in certain contexts for instance so like i never care what like sometimes when people will be like is donald trump a racist personally and be like no i know him personally like at the bottom of his heart he's not a racist and i'm always like who cares like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if he believes what he says the fact is like he has things and policies in effect that like in effect will racially discriminate so it doesn't matter like okay I, yeah i take your point but should we jump on trump no i mean it's boring it's like overdone it's I just an easy it's a low-hanging done. fruit example. I, don't, I don't know what he's done that is a racist policy like the muslim ban for instance it's like right, okay, it's yeah. like targets mostly like it doesn't target muslims from like albania it mostly like targets them from like the, the bad the baddie countries that are like racialized in ways that I can't breathe okay well that's terrible I know it makes me more like excitable you, know, you should you should be able to 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 breathe wouldn't it be funny if it was only picking up you and just like they can imagine what the other side of the discourse is no it's picking you up don't worry yeah it's it's going off yeah well maybe we need to get the supporters of the pod to help you quit smoking. Hey, hey, <laughs> my, my, Ken's gotta quit smoking. Uh, <laughs> like, is that like a Neil Young song? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Did well, you hear his Monsanto song? No. It's it's funny, he, he had this like protest song about Monsanto, but there's no, like usually he's very abstract and poetic, but he's like, in 1979 the law was passed, like it's very literal, he goes like, he just like describes what happened over an acoustic guitar. Is he pro or anti? He's anti-Monsanto, okay. it was like activism about farmers, like they were, I don't know, like something, like pesticides were going on to farmers' lawns. Oh, okay, yeah. They want nice lawns. Right, that makes sense. I I remember Nassim Taleb, he initially liked Jordan Peterson because they both agreed that they didn't like Monsanto. Uh-huh. But then Nassim got mad at him because of some like one thing he said about like Syrian Christians or something. Oh, okay. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I thought you were smart about Monsanto, but I guess not. <laughs> that was the last I've ever seen of Monsanto discourse. I remember it used to be a huge thing though. Who does uh, Nassim Taleb like? That's what I want. I hope he likes me. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be loved by Nassim Taleb.
How much does he lift? Because he lifts book, a lot. He's anti fragile. He's basically like there's like chapters about how much he lifts. No, but um, yeah, you gotta love it. I remember when he was like criticizing the Warhawks in the U.S. and he's like, you know what they all have in common? They don't deadlift. I saw it. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if that's Maybe true. something too like the physically, like Obama deadlifts. The physically like, unempowered might have a tendency to you know use institutions to to kill people. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering that too, but then I've met like, or I've seen a lot of physically empowered people who are very aggressive as well. Mm-hmm. Like, what if they're on roids? Yeah. You know? Ryan, what, what can you tell us about steroids? <laughs> okay, this is stop! Controversial. I, I, I've always wanted to be on steroids. <laughs> Do you have any hiccups? <laughs> He's nodding his head. Yeah, no, I don't want to go. First, I'd have to work out before it'd be worth it to go on steroids. Yeah. Can you... I don't think it's worth it. It's not. It's not. Um, like, apparently you get, like, really, like, like your nipples start to point downward. Why? I don't know. Like, apparently it's just, like, part of the side effects. And so it just looks kind of weird. What if mine were, like, too up and I need to... <laughs> you needed to, like, slightly move them down. Are you, why are you... Smelling? My shit smells like shit. <laughs> Smells like mildew. Well, that's not good. It's very warm out today. Uh, are you kidding? I was freezing. Oh, today. my eyes! It feels like I'm like you know when your eyes are all humidic, humid, humidified. Ryan knows. Okay, so you need to stop. No, me and him have a good riff going on. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna get him to talk. What, what did I say that like annoy him so much? Um, Ryan, what side are the Arabs on in the race war? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all wondering. I, I, I think I said they'd be the ANCAPs. They'd, they'd provide like a, a non, non-violent oasis <laughs> to replenish munitions. I don't know about non-violent. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, that's probably not a good topic to, to, to grace on, okay. this, all right. on this fine day. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What have you been seeing that's, that's news? Uh, well, my Reddit is, I, I don't have an account, or I just got a new one, because my old one, like, I was hacked or something. Oh, no. I don't know, but now it's, like, 80%, like, violence, like, random street fights or police brutality, or, like, it's, it's deranging mm. to, like, go on Reddit right now. Do you think that, like, the support the, for, like, watching, like, more violence comes from, like, our increased, like, disconnect from it? From violence? Like, you know, like, the, for instance, crime is at a historic low. Yeah. Uh, or violent crime is at a historic low. Not, like, white-collar crime. But, um, you know, like, in general, just neighborhoods are, are more safe. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if, like, the increased detachment... Because I feel like people who live in the most violent areas aren't on Reddit very often. Like, people who are, like, in a war zone in, like, the or Syria or something, they're not, like... Yeah, they're they not. have the best videos. No, yeah. <laughs> no, but they're just not, like, they're not, or they're not on the, the pages we're seeing, for instance. So I wonder if our fascination with it comes with us becoming more and more atta- detached. I own the TV. It's Chadwick. I know, such a Maynard point. But, no, but yeah, it, it's interesting when you read biographies of, like, kids, people who grew up in, like, the 70s, 80s, or even 90s, they're literally like, I got the shit beaten out of me every day. Yeah. And I'm like... Is that, are, really? you being, are you being hyperbolic? Or? Yeah, I know. It's whenever when I went to high school, it was not what was I thought no it would be. I remember even not even just violence, but like 
you know, like, girls fighting with each other and, like, cliqueiness and bullying. Like, I thought that someone would bully me if, like, my hair was slightly off or something. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, never happened. Well, you had a few flare-ups. Yeah, but, I mean, that was that was not really due to, like... A clique. Yeah, it was more just due to, like, teenage angst, I feel like, you know? Mm. And I think, like, I don't think it was to the same extent as I believed it would be. In, like TV shows, yeah. you know, but even know. still, I think it's very um, like, North End is a weird place, yeah. There's not enough violence, <laughs> you're just not going to the right areas. I guess, no. No. oh, I had a co worker who told me stories of like neighborhood brawls in Maplewood, <laughs> which is near like Dollarton and um, mm-hmm. near the base of the bridge of the Second Arrows, yeah. But he'd tell me about these like massive brawls, and it, I was like up the hill in Lynn Valley, like a world away. I don't know, maybe he was full of shit. Like I don't all know. these biographers. Who knows? But I think, I don't know. It's interesting. I, 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 and I mean, one of the first ever videos I watched on the internet was Saddam Hussein getting hanged, and I remember finding yeah. that so fascinating. Yeah. And I think it's just you know when you're so detached from it. You Pain think, Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, mind you, when someone sent a video of someone putting their hand through a meat grinder, I was like, I can't watch that. So, yeah. So I mean, I guess it depends. Um, one of my old professors just released a book about violence and he argues that violence is like the primary role of violence is not to like inflict pain but to be a spectacle and it's used as a way of like disciplining people so like if someone's violent against you it's not necessarily about you per se but about creating an example like institutions or individuals like, if you're violent against an individual... Like, even, let's say, if you get in a fight with someone, uh-huh. it's not just about you hurting that one particular person, but you want to win that fight because you want others to see you as, like, not someone that they'd want to fight right. with. And well, so you... You could call it uh, establishing the dominance hierarchy. Sure. Or you're you're just showing yourself as, like, someone... Like, you're... you're that serves a disciplinary function, in a sense, because it makes people not want to, like mess with you without you actually having to beat them into not messing with you yeah. and similarly like on the, the institutional scale spectacle when governments commit like death penalty for instance uh-huh. the argument isn't that it's just that they want to get rid mm-hmm. of one criminal it's that they want we, uh, to, to discipline the behavior of everyone else in political society. Well, we are very, very aware. We are very aware of our place in the hierarchy. <laughs> I I I think that's so true. Regardless of what you think of the uh, the professor I'm referencing, and when you when you look, you see it everywhere. When you walk down the street, you look at someone and you you feel a sizing up. Yeah, that's not like a novel observation though. Okay. Yeah. Like most. I think everyone except for, like, anarchists think that, like, hierarchy's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it's, like... I don't know, it's interesting to, to think about. And so when people post videos of violence, there's always, like... It's serving this sort of function of spectacle. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's used in the other way, where it's like, oh, look at these people, they're so violent, mm. so you should hate them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's still performing a disciplinary function because it's trying to get other people to like systematically feel some way about a group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, shout out to Eve Winter, Machiavelli and the Orders of Violence. That's the book I'm talking about. 
Um, it just won a prize, actually. Wow. Yeah. Imagine writing a book that won a prize. I know. Can't even imagine. Yesterday, when and then I was it's like, you find out the money's like super dirty, but you need it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yesterday, I was talking to, yesterday, I was talking to an old friend, and, um, actually not like super old, but whatever. I was talking to a friend I hadn't seen in a while, and at the concert, and, um, we were talking about he was telling me that he's going into creative writing Mm -hmm. and I was saying like oh I used to be really into creative writing in high school and I wrote a novel but it definitely sucked and he was like yeah I'm sure it did (laughs) (laughs) that's funny and I was like oh finally it was so refreshing to me for someone to just be like yes like sometimes people write shit yeah I probably would have been like I'm sure it wasn't that bad yeah Yeah, and it's that awkward like (laughs) yeah no yeah um but yeah no it would be cool to get imagine finishing a book I know. <laughs> I have. I, I finished, but well, yeah, that's true. That's pretty much. I'm surprised I finished my thesis. Just make then. the font a little bigger, and you've got a book. It is, it's a hundred pages on a word document, uh-huh. so it could be like a two hundred page treatise novel. Yeah. How long are treatises? It depends. Is that am I pronouncing that right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think treatise. I think I heard someone say that. Tre- like, really? I think it's times. a treatise. Might have been John. Uh-oh. I was reading this treatise. No, pretty sure it's true. I don't know though. Who knows? Um, it does. Remember some... when people used to make pamphlets, like when they had a philosophical point, and they'd like hand them out. Oh yeah, That's all so the cool. time. No, I guess people pamphlets they are cool. They post online. Yeah, I agree. If you bother agree. to get like something printed and like hand it out. A lot of leftists on campus do that at McGill. But That's they were so cool. annoying yeah, that I never yeah. took it's their It's a pamphlets. cool thing, but the type of person to do that. Yeah, I don't know. there were all these guys in like newsboy hats. Being like, hey, like, have you ever heard of Marx? I know, like, you might not have heard of Trotsky. Let me explain him to you. And I'm, <laughs> like, trying to hand me a pamphlet. <laughs> like, I don't want him. Uh, and then they'd hand it to you. And I'd be like, okay, bye. And they'd be like, oh, that pamphlet's, like, $20, by the way. What the fuck? Actually? <laughs> that's, like, those, like, dudes with their mixtape on Hollywood Boulevard, like, forcing it into your head. They're like, we take card. Like, I'm not giving you my credit card. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, man. Looking for Tyler the Creator. Did you do that? <laughs> I, I always think it's like unlegit people who are just trying to hustle scared tourists. I thought you, maybe it was someone else. Like I thought like one of my friends wanted to give their mixtape to Tyler the Creator. Oh no no! But there's people who like make a point of handing tourists like usually rappers, and yeah. then they're like, oh what, what the fuck? Where are you going? That's twenty bucks. It's not a good. That's so funny, and they yeah. do that in, in L.A. Yeah, they did it. Someone tried to do it in Seattle to me. Oh my god! It's basically like, yeah, no like one's intimidation. It's whack. You gotta go to cool places. Oh, someone got mad at me for promoting needles in Strathcona Park. What? What does that mean? <laughs> oh, like for safe injection? Um. Or just for fun self mutilation? Uh, no. Like I posted this thing being like people in Strathcona need these items and it was just like blankets and stuff like that I was just signal boosting someone else's thing you know because mm-hmm. I sympathize with people who are cold and living in a park so mm-hmm. sounds bad mm-hmm. um, and someone started being like I live by Strathcona Park and there's needles everywhere mm-hmm. and all that and I said I didn't ask for I didn't put needles or the list doesn't have any needles on it but maybe you should stop by the safe injection site. <laughs> smiley face? Yeah, they were not happy. And what did they say? 
there was like obviously there they're saying obviously you don't live in Vancouver like you don't understand our struggle there being needles in every park I empathize yeah I don't know what the answer is yeah it's clearly not to harass you yeah Matt, Ryan, I, what are we gonna do with all the needles stab yourself in the thigh in the, oh no, but that for steroids get, that won't get rid of the needle rid of the needles mm, I don't know there's been a lot of stuff happening in Vancouver. I've been, like, angrily writing at the mayor. Not angrily really? writing. Who's I think I've mayor? been calmly writing to the mayor. Do we have a, ma- a mayor in a wheelchair? Are you th- I think you're thinking of Calgary. Oh, do they have a mayor? They have yeah. an MP, like a liberal MP. For the longest time, I thought Gregor Robertson was in a wheelchair. <laughs> is he our mayor? He has that vibe. No, the mayor of Vancouver <laughs> is Kennedy Stewart. Okay. Hold up, I'm going to get another drink. I'm going to tell you more about this. Commercial break, or Ken talking. Yo guys, I really appreciate it if you head to more to my YouTube channel. I got a bunch of shitty acoustic songs that are like probably shouldn't be on the internet, but uh, yeah, I talk about leaving a lot and uh, unrequited uh, romantic love. So if you're into that sort of thing, Ken's a hopeless romantic. Low key. It's adorable. Low key. Ladies, listen up. Uh, <laughs> ladies in Montreal Kelsey texted me back Oh hell yeah I left the funniest message Where I was trying not to be too like Like yeah you know like I'm moving And like if you know like Maybe you can give me some tips and, like, <laughs> Mila said to call you Because you don't like texting <laughs> Shout out um, to Kelsey if you're listening Yeah we love you Um oh, okay yeah so Cause one of our friends got arrested Um for peacefully protesting Your friend or my friend? Both of them who? Uh, <laughs> no, I just didn't know about this. Oh, and anyway, I, I was emailing the mayor to tell him to drop the charges. Wait, she got arrested? Yeah. What are the charges? She was, like, sitting in a jail cell for seven hours. No, she's out now, but she has a court date. For what? For She got arrested for intimidation, uh, and I was like, oh, apparently what happened is the officers came, and they just wanted to take six people. Okay. And then there were people standing in front of him, and then they, or they're sorry, there were people standing in front of our friend, and they like ran away. And she didn't run away. No, and so then they just took her <sighs> and a few others. So uh. she was ups- she felt a bit betrayed and upset. Yeah. Um, I wrote to them saying we need to protect freedom of speech and freedom of assembly in Vancouver, and in order to discourage violent means of dissent, we should encourage peaceful means and also um he was talking he's been like doing all these meaningless tweets the mayor Mm -hmm. (laughs) being like i am committed to using my privilege to fighting racial justice and i'm like dude you're the literal mayor like you don't need to say it (laughs) and so i i in my i've talked i sent him a message and i was like look if you're interested in using your privilege you have the power to get these charges dropped Mm -hmm. this girl she's a young talented musician she's mm-hmm. she's this is like incredible major this is is stopping her from st- her studies you mm-hmm. know um this is like financially burdenous mm-hmm. to have a court date um uh, anyway so i've been talking to them, or i've been writing messages to them and the attorney general uh if you guys are interested in adding the mayor please do it's all over my twitter damn yeah it's it's unpleasant um I, I feel really bad for what if what is the likelihood of a conviction and what would be the con- the the consequences of a conviction I mean it it depends on like the discretion of a judge the problem is is like if you're black mm-hmm. there's typically harsher sentences um but it depends how good the lawyer is what kind of deals the lawyer would make mm-hmm. 
Um, where where could was just this be happen? a fine or community service. Where did this happen? Um, near three three three, I think. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I think you know I re- I just released an article about this is by shutting down peaceful gathering. Mm-hmm you are encouraging something worse. And so like in any democracy, if you're seeing people peacefully gathering and asking for something, that's the sign of a, a, and you don't arrest them, that's a sign of a good democracy. Mm -hmm. If Iran were to do something like this, we would be like invading them yesterday. I mean, I mean, I guess we've we've tried sanctioning them, stuff like that. But you know, so that's Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It took me a long time to figure out what you were saying. <laughs> that was really good. No, I'm just saying we don't um we hold all these other countries to standards that we don't follow. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's bad. Yeah. It's Intr- in- I wonder what the what the the idea was from the grab six people and try and charge them. I think like, it's partly a public know. image thing. Okay. And it gives the illusion of keeping law and order in Vancouver. Has there been any looting or rioting? Uh, not in Vancouver. There, I think in the U.S. It's mostly been in the U.S. There hasn't been much here. Well, yeah. Then that was, even from the most cynical point of view, very preemptive, grab six people, there's been no looting to mm-hmm. point to. I think that um, the poorer you are... Mm-hmm. Um, even as like a fuck you because also then it's like you're less hopeful about your future prospects or whatever what's the latest in the Chaz if you can keep it up with that oh my god I have I heard I, there was a murder in the Chaz I, I remember <laughs> clicking on an article right mm-hmm. and then seeing something somehow 10 minutes later that was like here's what's really happening and so I gave up trying to understand what's yeah. going on which is my laziness but also a sign of well, I've been keeping up because one of my friend. I've been trying to keep up, but I've been failing. But a friend that I have on Facebook's friend is in the Chaz. Or like, it's, wow, we gotta get them on. Someone in the Chaz, yeah. Honestly, I I be, be like, what the fuck are you Someone's doing? Someone's in like, Ankapistan right as we speak. I don't know. They've been selling caps in there. Actually? Like hats. Oh, I thought you meant like ecstasy or something. <laughs> like 24-hour party? No, but I saw them selling hats and I was like... Um, Wait, like newsboy hats? I just recently no, like learned about that term. Hat. Oh, saying... And and then I was thinking, haha, that's so funny. It's like and cap. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. wait, wait, wait! I one of the narratives that was uh, trotted forward is that the, some dude, some rapper with a machine gun, is a warlord. So yeah. Damn. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's so easy to say anything about it. So we've both given up. I wanted you to have more more of an opinion. Because I okay, I gave up. I want someone. The, someone needs to take care of me. I have like the grumpy one in this view of the Chaz. That's okay. kind of like. Well, uh, let's hear it. If you will. Or, or not. Uh, no, I'm gonna be just like vilified by everyone, but I just said I said race war earlier in the episode, so race war, class war. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanna die. Um, no, I mean the um, I think the uh, what do you call it? the chats? Oh, okay. Um, they are like really avoid. They're they're kind of touting this horizontalism that was like what they were doing during Occupy, which I had in last episode. 
kind of critiqued Graber on. Okay. Um, the thing is, is their opponents are better organized than they are. And I've said this before, but it's like, if your enemies have a well-organized hierarchy mm. and you don't have any form of leadership at all, mm-hmm. then you're about to be trampled. Mm-hmm. So what, what is the... Who is there a leader of Black Lives Matter? No, and that was well. It was found. There's founders. There's three founders. There's three women. Um, but and far be it from me to act like I'm an expert on Black Lives Matter because they have different chapters and each chapter has done mm-hmm. different things to a varying degree. Mm-hmm. But I do think that in any organization, it helps to have some form of governance that has a particular uh, party line. That decides whether they're going to be, say, like, liberal or revolutionary. Because I feel like Black Lives Matter, they kind of... They're different depending on the chapter. Yeah. Do they have a goal? Yeah. So they have, um, like, a program, like, of demands. And each chapter has different demands. Depending on what's going on in their city. Right? That's never going to work. Well... Well, I guess for their city, not, like, nationally. No, yeah, yeah. So they're not... But I do think that it would be important to unite, uh-huh. which they're not. I, I don't know if they have a unified structure. Yeah. Um, I've seen some compelling rhetoric about decrying the lack of leadership, just generally in our societies. Yeah, I mean, Lenin said this a long time ago. Um, but, you know, uh, I mean, this is Lenin's critique of the left of his time, is he's like, look, you might not want to have this, but the people on the other side, they have this, and mm-hmm. they're going to use that against you. Mm-hmm. And then the Black Panthers kind of took that as well, and they said, look, you might not want to have guns, but the other guys have guns, so mm-hmm. you might want to grab some. Mm-hmm. Um, like, your enemies have guns, you know? Yeah. I think the Chaz is armed, though. So they, they're, they're not, like... The poor, the poor private property owners who have their stores taken over. Oh, you don't think that... I, I don't know how you can't sympathize with someone who, like, worked hard to open a store and then there's some, Oh, like, yeah, if it's, like, a Temporary small... radicals or like, look, we're going to make But did they, did they take away, like, small thing? I thought they just took over, like, certain streets. Yeah, but I'm sure there's, like, a corner store on that street. I haven't heard of... I feel like we haven't heard of that, though. Well, it'd be counter-narrative a bit. Yeah, but so what? Like, there's been lots of critiques of the Chaz. Okay, that's good. As long as somebody's taking care of this shit. I don't know, man. I, like, I'm not super big on these, like, horizontalist movements, but I don't want to just seem like the grumpy Leninist all the time, so... <laughs> Someone's yeah. gonna be like, you the stupid fucking just, tankies. Oh, just don't pay attention to the comments. Yeah, I know. But That's they're so I funny do. sometimes. I, I, I don't know how you do it. I know. I remember one video on one young heezy thing. On this one video where I was singing badly, because, you know, you're on tour, you're tired, it's play smoking. Yeah. And he's like, someone get that mic away from that bassist. And that, Aww. like, stuck. I was thinking about that last night. Like, the really negative ones stick with you forever. Oh my and, like, God. the good ones don't. Yeah, that's true. Um... Yeah, that's so true, actually. Like, whenever people say nice things about my articles, I never remember who individually said it. Well, there's, like, inflation of compliments. Yeah. Who Who is it? I think... We were talking about Sam Harris yesterday. Your favorite. No, just kidding. But he, I think his first book was, like, We Should Stop Telling Lies to Be Polite. Mm-hmm. And... 
Not very controversial. Well, I mean, I, I like. I don't like your present. I'm not sexually attracted to you right now. Like, there's a lot of lies that are, like, necessary for, like... Yeah. Like, please don't come to my house. <laughs> like, you look terrible. <laughs> I don't, you know what I mean? So, but then you get, like, inflation of compliments. Like, it's yeah. like, do you really, Yeah. I feel like, though, a lot of people are skeptical of the compliments they get. Exactly, because of inflation. Yeah, but even still, it's like... I don't think anyone thinks that anyone else is 100% sincere. Hmm. Yeah. But maybe we're just like. Jesus just bastards. said things like, you say that I am. He had a way of like. <laughs> oh my god. I gotta, I gotta come up with those phrases, you know, those like, those ones that kind of get you off the hook. Like they're a response, but they don't say anything. He yeah. sounds like a politician, actually. Oh no. That's very politician. Did I just tear down my. my Your savior? savior? Jesus is kind of politician y. Only in the. I don't, yeah. But I don't know much about Jesus. Jeebus. What a humble Christian flex. Yeah, you know, I don't know much. No, but that Jesus guy, he's my he, savior, but I don't start, know anything. Well, yeah, I, when you start looking into translations of the Bible, you're like, this is like 400 pages, I don't care anymore. Yeah, I know, that's, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Well, when we had Noah but like the sense on, of any sentence, blew my mind. Yeah, the because... sense of any sentence could be changed by what mm. you claim to be the proper. Well, actually, what was I watching where someone's like... Oh, it was, uh, anyways, go on. Do you have something to say? Well, I just remember when Noah was talking about how, like, the Bible's written in ancient Greek, uh-huh. and they had mistakenly translated pedophilia to homosexuality because the cultural norms of the time viewed them as interchangeable. Oh, okay. And, and I thought, like, okay, wow, that's very interesting. Like, how many other key points yeah, from yeah, older yeah. texts? If you read the... The, the notes as a scholarly uh, you know it's always like well we don't really know like it's always very qualifying to the yeah. point of like what's the point of reading this <laughs> but it's very frustrating when you don't have the original um, yeah I always wonder I mean I would say most of the stuff I read in my degrees were translations uh-huh. even when we had a I, I read some French mm-hmm uh, this is where I give up on like being an intellectual. When you start talking about translations, yeah, I know. That's like, so tired. Done. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very tired of it. I remember who was it that someone came into the room when I was first visited you in Montreal, and was like, ah, oh. and they they mentioned a translation like, oh, the King James, the finest translation. I'm like, yeah, dude. Like I was like pretending to know. He's like, what do you think about this? I was like, I don't know. It was really funny though. The King James Bible. Well, that's the most dramatic one. Right. <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> I love their cultural contribution. Um, yeah, no, well, anyway, yeah, I, there was this, like, weirdo on Twitter that was like, you think you're a human rights activist, but you hate Israel, like, how? How do you be on Twitter? It's so funny. This is the real point of this Oh, podcast. I just, like, laugh at this guy, I'm like, but that's so funny. Don't you get stressed out? If I think they're gonna, like, snitch on me, I'll just block them. To who? What? Snitch on you to who? Like, my future employers or educational stuff. This is something... Okay, this is another big issue that I've been debating a lot with people. Including people who are my friends, who are on my side. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is this idea of, like, firing people for their, like, opinions or, like, snitching on Mm -hmm. people for their opinions on Twitter and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So recently... 
there was this woman who um, people sort of, I think Ben Shapiro was spearheading this, Mr. Free Speech, trying to get her university to fire her. What'd she say? Oh, um, Israel stuff? For being like pro-Palestine and criticizing a group of pro-Israel people. And I, so then I quote tweeted and I was saying, okay, look, like all of these restrictions that maybe well-meaning liberals or leftists are going for is actually going to be most harmful to the left. And this is a point Chomsky made as well, even though we're both Chomsky critics. Mm-hmm. Is like... That's um, a very generous way to describe me, but I'm just annoyed. Yeah, go on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a sort of point that... Um, what do you call it? Oh, that like there's a sort of like trend where you... like snitch on someone's views Mm -hmm. and try to get a workplace to fire them yeah and i was like this is a very this encourages a practice that is not good for anyone yeah and ultimately you're just giving the bosses more power so it's like anti-labor as well like why do you want to give a boss enough power to just fire someone at will you know um, uh, you know what this ultimately leads back to? Mm. Let's not even go there. I'm too tired and I might even be wrong, so... Well, I mean, there is the, the <laughs> idea, okay, it's a private company. There, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where I was going. Yeah, and the, but then the problem is like people have fought for certain labor protections so that they, the boss cannot take away your livelihood without good reason. Enforcing that is such a mess and such a uh, I don't know though like do you think it's okay for Twitter to I know like ban? Any, any specific examples like so you think and then it's like well I would never do that no I know but I think it matters how it, it is implemented in practice right mm-hmm. so like for instance whether Twitter bans like Alex Jones oh wait this is Twitter banning or firing I think it's both analogous okay. so they're like okay well Twitter is a private company yeah yeah it can do whatever it wants on its platform mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people have gleefully said this when like right wingers get banned mm-hmm. but then sometimes they ban leftists who are anti-war mm-hmm. or critical of Israel or something and so I'm always like is this a practice that we want yeah. That's solidified, or should we make this, like, not permissible? But I don't think it needs to be enforced by sending someone to jail, per se. Like, it could just be compensation. Yeah. Like, if my boss fires me for a dumb reason, then they have to compensate me for the damages. So then you take that up. You're not necessarily having the government enforce it, but you take it up in court with your lawyer versus their lawyer. So it's kind of treated more like a tort case. One interesting thing is I have no money and no status and I have climbed no ladders. So I don't have any job that I would care to like invoke a law not to get fired from. Yeah. Um, so I don't even have that perspective. The other thing is I think intuition plays such a large role in freely operating like if you you job interview 10 people you might have really good arguments for three of them and you might have like like eh, like I like these people more for other reasons and it's very easy for that to become entwined with biases yeah but I don't want to take away people's 
ability to operate with their intuition because it's like as far as I can tell like I'm not super good at anything but it's it's like when you're in a flow state you don't want to be like thinking about legislation yeah yeah no for sure but I think you know there should be some obligations that come with um you like having that much power over that many people because it's thinking about, okay, what kind of society do I want to live in? Do I want to live in a society where an angry mob can determine who has a job and who doesn't? Or do I want to have job security for most people that, that you could argue, or you or Carl could just be like, give them a UBI, so yeah. That, yeah. that means less to them. <laughs> Thank you. I had literally nothing. I was just worrying. Uh it's interesting my instincts are so well it's interesting to me it's interesting my instincts are so like pro private company rights and but like if you wanted to fuck me up you could like totally rhetorically be like civil rights movement right but you're you like me so you're not trying to do that mm-hmm. uh, and then I have to be like the, the crazy thing to say is like well the civil rights movement was good but you know what they should have done you know what I mean yeah but the thing is is like I think there's um, a... a Did, whole... Are we having a conversation that is all subtext? I don't know if people are listening would be like, what the fuck are you talking no, about? No, I think this is a... Okay. But I, I think, you know, there's this sort of idea that coercion only can operate against, like, government against private business mm-hmm. when coercion operates all the but, time. But you're probably operating from a very specific... Explain well, for the folks at home how you define coercion. Well, that's what I'm saying. So we've defined coercion based on certain norms. Like, different countries define coercion as different things based on how they view social, civil, political rights. So, for instance, like, the U.S. Uh, thinks that, like, freedom... Or, sorry, freedom's defined in different terms, which makes coercion defined, defined in different terms. A rightful coercion. Mm-hmm. So, like, freedom in the U.S. is just a civil political liberty. Mm-hmm. So it's freedom to, like, speak. It's basically, like, freedom from constraints. Whereas, like, freedom for some other countries is also freedom to be able to work if you want to work. Or freedom to, uh, freedom <laughs> to not die if you get medical care, for instance. Um, and so coercion would mean something very different. So you have to think, okay, do I want to live... Like, I think we both agree that it's necessary to have, like, healthcare. In I don't know what necessary. Like, it's great, and I'm for it as a politi- Like, whatever political philosophy I've scraped together, or... Mm-hmm. But I don't know if... Ne- like, I don't have that same sense of... My instincts are someone who has this, like, sense of, like... Like, it's a... It's a I don't know. Yeah, I don't, ha- I don't okay, think we have so, the same... So, for, like, from even a non-moral context if you just say like the the more people have to scrape for their basic needs the more likely say like criminal activity is going to be and you can say well that's immoral as well but it's still going to happen and it's still going to inconvenience you Mm -hmm. or say it makes terrorism more likely because people are going to feel like they have less to lose um so for instance when people sign off onto being suicide bombers it's usually because they just see their life and they're just so destitute that they're like i'm not going to gain anything else from this um none of my needs are going to be satisfied anyway so i might as well die is is that it or is it religious belief 
I don't think it is, but maybe it's me just not. But then again, I, I was defending Sam is one of his main things that I think is seems very basic, but it's very valuable is that religious people actually believe. Okay, well, this is getting very far from the point, but I the one notable thing is that terrorist organizations do pay suicide mm-hmm. bombers families. Okay, yeah, yeah. And usually they don't have access to like their basic needs. Right. So I. How much? Think, how much do they get paid? Who knows? I I know you wanted a jihadi on the podcast. You could ask them. Um, but, but it's usually, or sometimes they'll say, we'll cover your family for the rest of their life, right? So, so my point is that, like, in most developed nations, or if you want a stable country or community, you, for instance, like, another stat that's been found is that it costs less to house the homeless than it does to not house them and have to keep paying for, like, property damage and for, like policing the homeless who are on the streets. Okay. Right? And so, like, I'm just thinking from a purely utilitarian perspective. Okay. So we make these decisions, right, that are, and that all involves some form of, like, taxation, for instance. And we make these decisions because we're like, this is the kind of society we want to live in. If we have a UBI, that's going to involve coercion to some extent because you will need to tax people for UBI. Okay. So, like, no matter what, you have this conception of what human flourishing is going to look like and what kind of society is going to be the safest or most comfortable for you. Mm -hmm. And you do have to make certain decisions. So basically my argument is that there's no... And these anarchists, maybe, that I've critiqued before, they live in this sort of fantasy where just no one's going to coerce anyone ever which I just don't see as possible. Democracy is about reconciling freedom and coercion. So... Wow, well said. It's not me, it's Arash Abizadeh, another McGill prof. Thanks Damn, I should go to school or something. <laughs> no, but, the, yeah. So, I think, like, there are certain decisions to make, and one of it is, okay, do I want to live in a society? We live in a society. Um, where at will employment is a thing so where I can where anyone can get like for instance I don't like it if someone who's like the Google memo guy Mm -hmm. I read his thing I think it's dumb it was annoying but I defended him when he got fired because I said do I want to create a norm where someone who's super like do you think Google is going to advance human rights (laughs) and like where these super powerful executives have the decision to decide which, like, minions they want employed and which ones they don't, just because a bunch of people get mad at them on Twitter. Yeah. And for me, that's inconvenient. You're making a super good case, but I, I, there's this fundamental kind of view of a job as a right, which I don't have. Because you think people should be paid. Like, you think, you believe in UBI. But even before that, this is like an older social thing that I'm thinking right but and i yeah but if it wasn't like if if you like then you're just going to end up with a ton of people who are embittered and i think that this is also what causes forms of terrorism is when people get bitter enough when they're rejected from their employer when they feel like um they don't have a way to make a living so for instance really good example was in tunisia their whole revolution started was because this guy's source of income mm-hmm. was taken away from him he set himself on fire saying how do you expect me to make a living what was his source of income he was a, a fruit vendor okay um 
and he was being harassed by like a police officer or whatever because okay. it wasn't like a legal fruit stand or whatever um and but <laughs> but my point being or is cabbages. that yeah I don't think it creates a good society when people are not secure in the positions they're in. Like, we need to be able to offer people some form of security because the more volatile someone's life is, the more volatile their lifestyle is, it's going to create more resentment Mm -hmm. at everyone. And also, you don't want to have so many people that have nothing to lose. And so if you look at societies where people do not have their basic needs covered, mm-hmm. I guarantee you there's more incentive towards terrorism, towards crime. If, if my society didn't guarantee me healthcare, I mean, like, we don't even have a jobs guarantee, but if, like, there weren't, weren't some... I don't like that phrase, but go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. If there wasn't yeah. some sort of social safety net, like, if I wasn't guaranteed basic education and healthcare, mm-hmm. I think, like... I would feel, I don't know, it's hard for me to speak because I'm so privileged, but mm-hmm. there are some people who aren't, and it, I do think that that creates an inst- like, basically I think if you're not going to guarantee anything to anyone, then if you're not going to give anyone a source of stability, then yeah. you have to be prepared to live in an unstable society as well. So let's take the, okay, so... The open borders thing had me reeling, considering things I'd never... Our incredible last episode, uh, go listen to it. Yeah, go listen to it. That was... Wow. I enjoyed that. That and happened I, to you the way that, like, Carl convinced me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, open borders? What kind of crazy fucker? <laughs> it was like me with UBI. And then after, I was like, oh, yeah, Carl yeah, yeah. made some points. So, um... So, let's make society... Let's let's build our utopia. I, I use the word again, too. But... No, but I'm not utopian. I don't, I don't even have this... I don't understand what's wrong with that word or how that became, like, a, a shibboleth, but... You have to read socialism. Is it shibboleth or not... shibboleth? Haha, <laughs> the irony. No, but, uh... So, let's start from... Let's start from society, the state. Participation in the state has to be totally voluntary. What how do you does mean, that sound? Participation in the state? Just, if we're building our utopia from the ground up, participation in the state has to be totally voluntary. So where do you go if you don't consent? I, I don't know, but let's just... You just disappear into, like, thin air. Okay, so, well, I, I was trying to get to, let's maximize the basic securities, like you were saying. You're winning me over. Yeah, but I'm saying that, like... But without chopping off the, the high flyers. What's high flyers? People who can make, like... Let's Jeff Bezos. Let's uh, let's fuck. But you know what? Someone who helped me kill Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. not go after Jeff Bezos, but rather efficiently tax the surplus. I mean, this isn't. I'm making it sound so stupidly simple. But one fe- one neurosis. Let's let's call it that. Me and other conservative adjacent or like conservative people have is that you're trying. Like someone is trying to vindictively stop the high flyers. So would you agree? Do you think it's vindictive or do you think it's just like almost technocratic? Well, we talked about this on the bus the other day, but technocrat, the dictionary definition is someone, people who know about things should be in charge of it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Technocrat is not really the right term. Um, I do think some people are vindictive, but I do think also some people are just like, this might be the most effective way of distributing certain resources because for instance... Some I think the majority of the population would rather heavily tax like one 
almost trillionaire person mm-hmm. than tax the middle class, right? Right. Like, what I learned recently is that someone making... Oh, fuck, this is probably wrong, but just pretend. We're building a utopia, and we're going to criticize an imaginary state. So, people making $100,000 a year, or a little bit more, are taxed at 43%. Mm-hmm. But the Canada stops at 56 That's insane to me, those numbers. Wait, Canada, what do you mean? To the I Canada? think the highest tax bracket is 56% in Canada. But but let's just pretend these numbers are true. Okay. If you're if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, you shouldn't be that close to the highest tax bracket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That should be like the three hundred thousand. No, yeah, for sure. And, but I some other part of me doesn't want to go above forty nine percent. Yeah, but the thing is, is like our funds need to come from somewhere, and so the thing We're is taxing at the point of sale to reduce. But the problem is, is if you just do administ- a sales tax, administrative bloat. Right, but if you just do a sales tax, then you're. Uh, Initial, like you're essentially just it's impacting the worst off more heavily than it's impacting the best exempt, off. I have the perfect solution you exempt poor people from sales tax no you exempt from, from basic things taxation yeah might have been one of Yang's so things poor, like food get, like healthcare no no sorry you, exe- you exempt taxing at the point of sale on things like food oh uh, okay so you tax like sales. I like healthcare but it's not as I don't know yeah I just think... What was I going with that? No, so you're saying, like... We were talking about tax brackets, and, like, I think we agree that there's a certain kind of... I think right oh, now... Oh, vindictiveness. No, yeah, so I don't think it's necessarily a vindictiveness on the part of the policymakers. I think there are, there's vindictiveness among the most poor who feel like... Like, imagine if you had nothing and you're watching someone, like, eating gold we're getting We're getting so personal. Burgers. But my thing is, like, the scholarship or parents paid for university student who is insanely vindictive for almost no reason on Twitter. Like, that disgusts me. Yeah. Like... But that, like, they're not the policy makers. Okay, yeah. Um, but, but you see proposals all corners of our society's discourse... That are just like they they feel fundamentally be filled with a vindictive rage that doesn't. But I can I feel like this is more of a stereotype that you've crafted for yourself rather than like a statistical reality, because like for instance Marxism has been the most popular in like the poorest regions of the world. So for instance like in southern India, or in like among Chinese peasants or among poor people, poor black or indigenous people in South America. Right, like these ideas are not the most popular. Among, okay, okay. Among uh, uh, middle class elites here. Uh, okay, um, I don't have any stats on that. I'm tempted to believe you with. I'm like, just saying in terms of Marxist movement. Okay, but would you agree that like cutting off the high flyers is, is bad? What is cutting off? Um. Like killing Jeff Bezos is that right? Like I just do? have no opinion on. Like I just couldn't care less. Like go. I I think I think this this rhetoric is more prevalent than you have any reason to acknowledge, which is fair. No, but, but sure. I'm just saying I don't really care if it is prevalent because usually the people who espouse it don't really have any. Sway. I just want you to reject it because it's it's anti it's anti human it's anti. Goodness, it's, I think it's that, like, but it's. I think that you are not critical enough of people like Bezos. You've kind of ignored. I'm not a fan of Jeff Bezos. But I'm just, saying you've kind of ignored his like, 
rights violations and his like liberal posturing. I don't even know about any. I know I've heard terrible things about his rights violation, the way he treats his workers. Uh, I don't even know about his liberal posturing. Like I, that was the first name that came to mind. No, but I'm just saying is like there are people who are like for me. I think I don't feel vindictive against Jeff Bezos because I'm not impacted. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying I don't really blame people who are super like worse off mm-hmm. that feel resentment, and I think that. There's a steer- there's a something that like centrists and conservatives like to do where they portray uh, leftist criticism as coming from just privileged white people, mm-hmm. like where they're saying, okay, "Oh yeah, all the looters are just white anarchists. They're not black Black Lives Matter people." That's like another instance of that, and it's kind of like it's infantilizing to say poor people or you're probably right I just want you to reject because I appreciate and respect you, your opinion so much the counterproductive like everything is the con like vindictiveness of like it must be the system but do you not think that the right is vindictive either I don't know because I do definitely well I do definitely see a vindictiveness like I feel like the whole response to 9-11 was an act of right wing vindictiveness I mean like this idea of like these Saudis bombed the U.S., so we're going to go destroy Iraq. That was mm-hmm. the kind of the rationale for 9-11. Is that not a vindictive narrative? I Yes. I, do, I, or, I, I barely know anything about politics now, and I didn't even pay attention at all. Like back Right. Then. But I'm just saying, like, this. I think that whoever it is, like, everyone wants to paint their side, or the their opposite side is more irrationally vindictive. Okay. But vindictiveness is just a product of human nature. Like, uh-huh. every human is going to feel that way towards whoever they feel is wronging them. Uh-huh. So I don't feel vindictive against Bezos because I'm privileged enough to not be... Uh, in a in a scenario of like economic destitution, uh-huh. but I know like there are some people who work for Amazon who yeah. do feel very wronged by him. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan of Amazon. Right. So I'm just saying like, I don't think. First of all, I don't think that. But like, they, kill all the rich people is like. Sure, but like, I just don't think it's worth getting your panties in a bunch. I mean, that th- didn't that happen in Russia? They killed the royal family. Okay. But they didn't kill all the rich people. But the royal family had mass murdered Jews I, and like. Yeah, I'd have people. to do some research about this. But I'm saying that was not my. That's not the narrative that I've been uh, taught about what happened in Russia. Right, but I'm saying is there's a hysteria among whatever group you want, right? Like it can be rightist or leftist. The leftists have hysteria about Trump. The rightists have hysteria about say Russia or whatever where they want no, I don't portray. I'm talking about like the communist revolutions that have happened in the last hundred years right compared to depending on who you ask I don't know I believe you but, okay, but I don't let's give an example you. of a violent revolution okay Haiti okay instance, right yeah the revolt in Haiti was violent as fuck mm-hmm. right but I honestly don't blame them because they went through parliament they went through every source available and they were mm-hmm. enslaved mm-hmm. what are you gonna do and yeah, I, I, yeah. I do not believe that any of these right-wing weirdos um, would not do that if they were in that circumstance. I, yeah. I do not believe that any of these moralized, non-violence people... And again, I do think this is an adverse impact of religious hegemony, where we think we have to turn the other cheek at this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think liberals have this too where liberals want to view, say, like, black people as these, like, angelic, non-violent beings that are, like, 
you know, just yeah. like all MLK marching peacefully. Yeah. Like, it's like, no, if somebody is coming for you, coming for your family, like, you are going to you were going to lash out. And yeah. like, sometimes like that's your way, your path I, to freedom. So, but there's a difference between violence in the name of a revolution, which I, I don't support. I just don't. Mm-hmm. And, but then there's after the revolution when it's like, let's go through the list and kill people. Yeah. I wish I could. Like, that's only a feature of communism. I'm curious. No, but I, I think I'd, I'd love it to be more, more f- firmly rejected by communists. Right. I might be more down with the cause. So I think that this is what anarchists want too, but I do not, like, I, I don't know how practical it is, but I do think that the monarch in Russia, for instance, would not have given up power. They, they try, tried to get them to give up power voluntarily. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is like, for instance, if I was a Jewish person in Russia at that time, mm-hmm. and like my whole family and village had gotten massacred, mm-hmm. I would want them dead too and I think like you and me even if there, the dude was like there was a four year old child when all this was happening maybe punishing for the crimes of parents is 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 it's biblical it's regressive mm-hmm. it's, it's and I think it's, it is biblical too but I think you don't know because you haven't experienced that there's there is a thing where I can look someone in the eye say a, a black American yeah and I can say this he tells me a story and I say this has happened to you I can look you in the eye and say go kill them and I can as an individual be like I feel it dude go do yeah. what you gotta do but as a political theory it's not yeah right. sure as a moral... I, I've never been like I don't think there's been any political theorist even Lenin that's been like we must do a violence you know like even Fanon who's accused of endorsing violence his theory is basically people are going to be violent if you do this so violence comes from the mob I think it's that violence happens when you feel like there's no other way, when other means get exhausted. And that's kind of... But again, revolution is different than post... Post-revolution. Yeah. Post-revolution punishment. But but the problem is, is I think people view revolution as having a cutoff point. Whereas, like, in my political theory that I wrote about, my argument is that revolution is ongoing. So... So constant revolution... Well, for instance, the U.S. or Canada, they have never stopped killing people in the name or to maintain the society they have established, right? Like, they will keep going. So, for instance, like, most of the deaths at the hands of Canadian policing has been through, has been Indigenous people. And I think, like, you know, we have been doing, we do all we can to sustain the societies we've put up. The U.S. has killed a lot of black dissidents, a lot of black activists. Okay, yeah, yeah. Can we focus on Canada? Because I, I sure. b- believe about... But what what um, threat do Native people pose to Canadian society? Well, so some of them want sovereignty, right? Like, they want to be able to govern their own territories because their territories were taken over by Canada. Oh, I know literally nothing about this, and it's such a dangerous thing to talk about. Do they... That's... So... Would they secede? Well, so they would have certain forms of, of governance and justice. So, for instance, like, their forms of justice do not include the same retributive forms of justice that we have. Uh-huh. So if someone in their community commits an injustice against someone else in their community, uh-huh. then they want them to be accountable to their courts rather than uh-huh. uh, Canadian courts. Yeah. Or they want to be able to be self-governing. Yeah. Right? 
That seems pretty reasonable. Right. I know tomorrow I'll research it and read something else. Sure. <laughs> um, like, there's always conflicting info. And that's why you give up. Or sure. why I give up. But, but I uh, mean, also, I think it matters where you get it from. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and anyway, my point being is that any state has to be sustained by ongoing violence. There's no state... That just like stops. Does like, it always? Whoa! So you're saying that's a feature of a state? Yes, a state, and by definition, is a monopoly on violence. By a definition. No, like like to 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 like under the definition of being a state, one criteria, you have to be acknowledged, and you have to have a monopoly of force over a defined territory. So like. In order for you to possess statehood, you have to have that. You cannot have decentralized violence, right? Like you have a police, a police force. So back to my voluntary state. Sure, whatever. But I'm saying like by well, def- I'm saying now because that this isn't. Oh, you're just- not saying that it will always be that way. No, I'm just okay, saying. Good. No, but I'm saying the model, the Westphalian model, model of the state that we have now. Okay. Like, they all have a monopoly on violence, right? Mm -hmm. So they all sustain themselves through violence. There's never been a case of a state in the modern model of a state that does not sustain its way of life through violence. So it doesn't really matter if you're Russia or America. I mean, America has, has far more people in prison per capita than Russia had under the Soviet system. So either way, both of them are sustaining their ways of living through imprisoning people. Well, didn't the Russians just kill dissidents? Not necessarily. Does that explain some of the numbers? No. I mean, the U.S. has killed dissidents as well. Yeah. Um, one thing is that, like, the, Surely we the can U.S. Surely the Russian form, state killed more dissidents than the American state. I strongly disagree, actually. Okay. Because I think that part of the way or that they, the U.S. state maintains itself is through murdering abroad. Yeah, okay, and, but in, and in, I think that in, we can agree in the. In I think in popular liberal imagination, they think that killing your own people within your own state is somehow worse than killing people within other states because they don't view people in other states to have the same form of humanity as okay. people within their own states. But the thing is, is even like if you consider slavery and the genocide of indigenous peoples in the U.S., if you consider like mm-hmm. indigenous people so so called dissidents, which they were, they rejected the impositions of the U.S. government, mm-hmm. then the numbers are actually not different. Um, we just are more okay with it because indigenous peoples and black people have been more dehumanized in our imagination. Um, or we've been told to kind of look the other way and see this violence as necessary and fundamental to the establishment of the American state or the Canadian state. Mm-hmm. But they, they all maintain themselves through violence, and the U.S. maintains its business relations with other states through violence. It maintains its access to oil through violence, or its access to lithium, in the case of Bolivia, through violence, um, mm-hmm. through election meddling. It, it's always, there's always violence happening. What about the 70s? I need, I need one win. Surely the Soviets killed more people in the 70s than the Americans did. Like, are you forgetting about the Vietnam War? Where they just like went Fuck. to villages and massacred children. Well, for the record, I wasn't for that. No, I know. No, no, just, I'm joking. Yeah, my yeah. point being is that this idea of moralizing other states as better or worse is just funny to me because I'm saying that the, all these states 
that all they do is they maintain themselves through violence. So the idea isn't so what do we is do? violence good or bad? The idea is what kind of violence are we willing to uh, uh, take, like accept, and what kind of violence are we willing to reject? Um, that what you don't think we can minimize it? Surely it's not just you, a question. You of can quality. minimize it, but I'm saying when you look at how things are right now, I'm not talking about creating a utopia because again, I am not a utopian. Wait, what's wrong with being a utopianist? I just like I'm interested in talking about really existing politics. Okay, and that's the general disdain of the word? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not interested in just sitting back and, like, drawing a floor plan of a new state. Hmm. But some people are, and that's fine. Fuck. I don't fault them for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, okay, I'm really into history and looking at how things have uh, happened you, you're, time. You fucked me up on this episode. Great job. You're very I, articulate. I don't mean to fuck anyone No, I'm up. just, I'm I'm just, just joking. Yeah, yeah, no, it was great. Uh, I'm out of steam now. Yeah, and we yeah, we're close to like good good wrap up time. We should we should have a funny outro though after I use the washroom. I know washroom. we need like a funny two minute. Well, we were speaking the same language. It's fine. No, I know, but I just mean because uh, the consequence of misunderstood is so great. But it might be more ethical to never say anything. <laughs> Where everyone just becomes mimes, mimes or it's just the, silent. Mimes are the least. Because we would we would uns we wouldn't sully reality with our. With our silence. With our our subjectification and our. I mean, what other podcast though do you get this? You know, the two hosts just. <laughs> I think it was a good episode. I didn't want to. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's been some good times. Um, I didn't want to toot our own horn too much, but. <laughs> <laughs> Please clap. Please clap. Um, yeah, we'll be back. We didn't have a preem this week, but next week we will. Um, yeah. But yeah, thanks for uh, uh, joining in, guys. Yeah, thanks. Um, if you if you made it through, if you made it through this, getting destroyed with facts and logic, <laughs> they're always a good time. Even though people like me who majored in philosophy are the most insufferable bitches. Um, I'm curious what different demographics would have a reaction to this discussion. There's a line from from the Good Place, and they keep going. This is why everyone hates philosophers. Um, yeah, I'm curious too. It'll be like fun. who I showed it to in my life, what they would think. Yeah, no, I know. I think I don't know. I think people appreciate having the dialectic laid out. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> no, because yeah, no, yeah, it was pretty comprehensive. We're not just here to like like <laughs> me. No, I mean the audience. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. That's what. That's why we're so incredible. Okay, guys. Peace. Um, have a good week. Be well. Take care of yourself. Minimize violence to all you do can do. Do not kill any uh, anyone at all. Just, uh, Maybe you should, though, just to play devil. No, just kidding. Just all right, kidding. goodbye. Don't... <laughs>